Happy Friday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Get Your Goat Podcast. Your host, Josh, here. A lot to get into. Going to cover the Buccaneers game last night, which I expected to be a blowout, even though I had a little trepidation of this Thursday night game. Was on the verge of a blowout, but it ended up uh, being closer than expected, at least the final score. I'm going to break that down. Big trade that happened today, too, between the Cardinals and the Eagles. I will be breaking down that, what that means for both teams moving forward. Week 6 matchups, I'm going to break those down as well. Some picks, fantasy people I like to go off in some of those matchups, insights into those games. Also, college football picks as well. I'm going to be picking 10 college football games this weekend to me. Uh, this so far has been a great college football season. So many upsets. Uh, to me, this Saturday is not as strong as a slate that we have lined up. There is still potential upset matchups a lot. I don't like a lot I don't see. Uh, but so far, this is the weakest week of the college football schedule. Then I will be wrapping up with the MLB as we are now on to the ALCS and the NLCS. Some predictions for that and finishing up with some NHL news as well. So let's get right into it, starting with the Buccaneers and the Eagles Thursday night football game last night. What happened? Well, early touchdown uh, by the Buccaneers right off the bat. O.J. Howard, nice drive. Uh, then the Eagles answered with, with a touchdown of their own, uh, courtesy of a huge, huge pass interference call uh, on, I believe it was Jamel Dean at the moment. That was uh, huge because it, I believe it was a third down and you know, bad throw by Jalen, too. Uh, defender got turned around, and the pass interference call allowed him to have a ball up around the five-yard line. Uh, and after that, Tampa Bay goes down and scores again. Richard Sherman gets injured. I'll talk about that. But, you know, midway through the third quarter, it's 28-7. to uh, Buccaneers looks good. They go for it on fourth down. If they don't get it, they get a touchdown, uh, fourth quarter, they get a touchdown, but then the Bucks end up running the clock out. I didn't see that same fire this week in the Bucks that I saw this past Sunday against the Dolphins. What do I mean by that? Well, last Sunday, you know, it was 24-17 going into the fourth quarter. They get a touchdown to make it a two-score game and another touchdown uh, to make it a three-score game, so it's a 21-point game. And they don't uh, take the rest of the game off. They get yet another touchdown win by 28 points. You know, they run up the score. And they had the same opportunity to do that last night when they were up 28-7. to uh, You know, they got the touchdown of Philadelphia to then make it 28-14 after Tampa Bay was up by 21 points, and I didn't see that same a killer instinct in the play calling uh, in Tom Brady in this offense. It, to me, it kind of stalled. It looked like from that point it was 28-14, when we're still at the end of the third quarter there. 
that they just wanted to end the game. They just wanted to run the clock out, uh, make little passes to just try to get first down and first down and milk the clock. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you get to a point where you're up by 21 and you can put a dagger in them at 35-7, to 7, uh, why not do that? Or when you're up 28-14, answer with another strong touchdown drive to make it 35-14. to 14. I just did not see that same urgency or killer instinct in this offense, uh, which I feared being in Philadelphia, being it on a Thursday night where you're on short rest, you had to travel from Tampa Bay to Philadelphia. I get all that, uh, which I feared would happen, and it did happen because this is a team that, at the end of the day, the box score uh, should have... uh, reflected the blowout that it should have been because you look at it Tampa Bay practically outgained them doubling yards it was just over 200 213 to uh, 400 113 passing yards to 297 rushing right about the same at 100 Uh, time of possession basically two to one for uh, Tampa Bay they had 40 minutes of possession to Philadelphia's 20 minutes, and you win uh, by six points. Tom Brady, another great game. Uh, I said, you know, 400 yards, three or four touchdowns. You know, I got the 300 yards. He threw for two touchdowns. Wasn't a vintage night by any means. A couple uh, bad throws, one of those led to an interception, but he was still good. Leonard Fournette. I thought ran the ball efficiently. Antonio Brown is his favorite target, and they got O.J. Howard in the mix there quite a bit. Uh, The defense looked fine as well. Uh, I'll bite that injury to Richard Sherman. They stopped Jalen Hurts. They stopped the read option as well. Miles Sanders with a good run, but uh, nothing you know spectacular at all by any stretch of the imagination. This was a good win uh, by the Bucks. Much needed. Now they get, you know, a 10-day rest. Then they're back home. And then they face the Bears to try to avenge a loss that they had last year. So nothing, you know, crazily out of ordinary for the Bucks. Big thing is that Richard Sherman went down early in the game with a hamstring injury. Yet another cornerback on this team Dealing with an injury, they said he pulled uh, the hamstring. We don't know how severe that is. He'll probably be out, you know, a few weeks, which is sad. Uh, Hopefully, they'll get him back after their bye because they do have, you know, not a super early bye. It's kind of a midway point. Uh, They play the... Bears next week, which is their seventh game of the season, then the Saints, their eighth game of the season, so they have a bye week kind of right in the middle between the eight-game and nine-game stretch, so hopefully after that, they'll get some players back, Carlton Davis, him, see how Sean Murphy, Bunting is uh, progressing before the 14th game against the football team, but if they can weather the Bears and the Saints going into that bye at 7-1, and one, they'll be in great position to make a late uh, mid-season run for the NFC, and I believe that they will.
Now moving on to the trade that the Cardinals made earlier this morning, in which to me was a shock. That was the Cardinals trading a fifth-round pick and cornerback Tay Gowen to the Philadelphia Eagles, who played last night, for tight end Zach Ertz. My instant reaction to this for the Eagles is a C. Uh, Don't really like this trade for a few reasons for the Eagles. You're not getting great uh, return for Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, a three-time pro bowler, you know, game-winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. Uh, He was really good. He's just consistent, even though with some injury history as well. But you get Tay Gowen, an unproved cornerback, a fifth rounder, which to me really doesn't amount as much. And I don't get it because if you're truly trying to evaluate Jalen Hurts as your quarterback, uh, is your passer moving forward, and you trade, to me, the most reliable target on your team. Uh, I know he's developing a rapport with Devontae Smith. I like that uh Alabama kind of chemistry there, even though it's not as fully there connected yet, such as a Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, but I believe Devontae Smith will be a great receiver in this league, but you need more than him. I know you got Dallas Goddard. Uh, He deals with some injuries as well, but having Zach Hurts, another reliable tight end to fully measure Jalen Hurts, you want to go all in, get him the weapons he needs so you can make an evaluation on if Jalen Hurts is your starting quarterback or not. However, if you ship guys out uh, and you blame the quarterback for the mistakes, you bring a new one in there, and they don't have the weapons. We saw what happened with Tom Brady at the end of his Patriots uh, stint. He no longer had weapons to throw to, and we, everybody, not me, I was one of a few that did not think it was Brady's fault. Now we see him in uh, Tampa Bay, a blossoming as a 44-year-old quarterback. They showed his stats that, you know, Uh, He's done better in his 40s than he's had in his 20s, which is insane uh, to think about that. But it's true considering all the talent that is around him at the moment. So I really don't like this trade for uh, the Eagles, for the Cardinals. I will preface my feelings on this, my personal feelings, just from a grade standpoint. Oh, because I oh I want to go off. I will give it. I will give them an A. Oh, I was so hard to say that. From a unbiased perspective, I like this trade for the Cardinals. I do. Max Williams, their tight end, who was playing pretty good, just got injured, uh, and you know you're going all in. This is your year. You off to a five and zero start. Haven't done that since like nineteen seventy four. Uh, only team that's five and zero to do that. You got Zach Ertz, who's a proven tight end in this game, a Pro Bowler, a Super Bowl champion. Uh, he thirty year old that you know is playing great football. Five hundred seventy nine passes, over six thousand yards, thirty eight touchdowns. I mean, the guy can ball. He's just great. Uh, He'll fit in with this offense. 
give Kyler another target. He can block as well, but then give Kyler another elite target in the passing game to pair with DeAndre Hopkins, to pair with A.J. Green, to pair with Rondale Moore. Uh, they are just, Christian Kirk as well, don't want to snub him because he's had some great games. So Kyler Murray has all the weapons around him he needs. He has a legit tight end in Zach Ertz. He has legit four legit receivers in DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, and Rondale Moore. They can run a five-out set every single time, but you've also got Chase Edmonds and James Conner in the backfield who are no uh, uh, scrubs. So it's all on Kyler now. Now I will get into what I want to say. I'm glad they made this trade. But this trade will not mean much. Oh, it won't. This trade does not change one thing or my feeling on the Cardinals. Are they a good team? 5-0? and Yeah, they are a good team. Good defense, improving with Kyler. But there is a lot of hype on the Cardinals right now. A lot of 17-0 and tweets I saw after this, how legit they are, how legit they look. Let me put a stop to that. They ain't going 17-0. and They ain't even going to win this division. Let me tell you that. They will not win the division before I peg the Rams. And to me, the Rams are still the favorite to win this division. Who would I trust at the end? Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford. I'm going Matthew Stafford is a coach. Who do I trust more? Cliff Kingsbury or Sean McVay? Oh, Cliff Kingsbury, who's never made it to the playoffs or wasn't even a good college coach? Uh, and he had Patrick Mahomes on his team? Or Sean McVay, uh, who made it to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff and created this huge high-fly power offense there? And a great defense on top of that, too. Oh, I'll pick Sean McVay in the Rams any day of the week. When I look at the top of this NFC uh, teams, the Dallas Cowboys and Arizona, to me, they're right there, you know, in, you know, right below the high management area teams. The Rams, the Packers, Arizona Cardinals don't have any business being in that room with those two teams. Or the Bucks. Those are the three elite teams in the NFC: the Rams, the Bucks, and the Packers. Sorry, Cardinals. Sorry, Cardinal fans. You can overhype this team. You can overhype this trade. But that will not work on me. All this will not work on me. I'm glad they have a good start. But as I see it, as I'm predicting the future, oh, right here, Mr. Kyler Murray. Channeling his inner Bruce Lee and uh, all this, Mr. I-don't-watch-no-Star-Wars. You know what? You're about to lose this Sunday to the Cleveland Browns. Then you'll lose to the Packers, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Rams, the Cowboys. You're about to have five or six losses on that schedule of yours. So no, don't believe in this Cardinals team one bit. I'm glad they made that trade from my unbiased, uh, great trade, great move. But still, it's the Cardinals. I don't associate greatness with the Cardinals, and I won't until they prove it. Now getting into the Week 6 matchups. Have yet another, another London game. 
where we send them America's finest, the Miami Dolphins and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Miami Dolphins have lost four in a row by a combined 76 points, whereas the Jaguars are on a 20-game losing streak, the longest in nearly five decades and six shy of the record. Tua is on track to play. That was huge. I was going back and forth, maybe leaning towards Jacksonville to get their first win. If they can't win in America, maybe they can win in the U.K., but two was back. How will that prove? How will this team look? And uh, London, how will both these teams fare? Have to adjust to the time zone and all that. And, you know, play in very unfamiliar uh, territory. Sometimes it's sloppy play as well. So we'll see. Very excited to have Tua back. Will that be the difference? I don't know. To me, this is a flip of a coin. Because we've seen Jacksonville have great moments and then the mess with Urban Meyer comes down. Uh, but Miami just has been really, really bad lately. Uh, so to me, this game is a true toss-up. Green Bay and Chicago. Justin Fields versus Aaron Rodgers. It is pegged, however... Aaron Rodgers is a three-time MVP Super Bowl champion, and Justin Fields is a top 15 draft pick, and he has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns so far. He's thrown two interceptions, and he's only thrown one touchdown pass. If you're going to beat Green Bay, you're going to have to make some big plays and through the air as well. No uh, Jair Alexander. Justin Fields is going to have to make plays. He's got good wide receivers. He's got Allen Robinson. To me, it's clear that Darnell Mooney is his favorite target. He's going to have to get him the ball, get David Montgomery involved as well. Uh, and the Bears, can they stop Aaron Rodgers? To me, they just can't. Aaron Rodgers has always proven to be just too much for the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers has been too much for his whole NFC North Division, I know the Bears can really tie the record and by winning this game and essentially taking first place because they'll own that tiebreaker, but I just am not buying it. I would like to see Justin Fields come up with kind of a vintage Ohio State game, but that will never happen because Matt Nagy's his head coach and he is the official uh, coach of holding players back. Uh, he recycles the same exact things uh, that never work. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, Andy Dalton, uh, Nick Foles, Justin Fields. It's just, it's easy to read them because, you know, life is about growth and change. But Matt Nagy just always wants to stay the same. Uh, and it's frustrating because... He's had talent on this team. He just does not know how to utilize the talent that is on its team. Uh, for that, the Chicago Bears will never go back to Chicago Bear glory with Matt Nagy as the head coach and Aaron Rodgers still in that division. It's a bad two-way street right now. Cincinnati and Detroit. I know Detroit's going to get their first win sometime this season. But it will not be against the Bengals. 
Bengals are playing really good, almost upset the Packers last week. I think they're going to come in here upset. They're going to have their way with the Lions. I think Detroit can put some points on them, but this defense is bad for Detroit. This offense is just too good. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, this group will be too much for the Detroit Lions uh, to overcome, like Cincinnati, to bounce back uh, after that you know, big loss against the uh, Packers. Houston and Indianapolis. Both teams are sitting at 1-4. and four. This whole division is, to me, not good. Titans, I thought, would be better, but they're kind of struggling at 3-2. and two. Got two teams at 1-4, and four, and then Jacksonville at 0-5. Oh this team is, division is bad. It, it is bad. Indianapolis blew, blew the game on Monday night. Uh, blew it up 22-3 to three or whatever it was, and you let them come back. I think you're up 25-9 to nine as well, and you let them come back and win the game. Very bad performance. Right? This offense looked good, but this defense couldn't hold them. Uh, Carson wins. Great game. I do think Indianapolis will win. They showed a lot last week in terms of Carson Wentz passing for over 400 yards. Jonathan Taylor seems like Every week it's an injury concern, and he goes out and has 100 all-purpose total yards. Uh, he was good. It looks like Carson Wentz likes Michael Pittman as well. I like where this offense is heading. I like the trajectory that Frank Reich has his team. I like to get this defense uh, shored up just a bit. I think they can handle the Texans and Davis Mills and them. Don't have a lot of firepower on this offense. I think the Colts can go in there and take care of business. Los Angeles Rams and the New York Giants. Daniel Jones, who just had a scary hit concussion. That was his fault last week. Looks like he's on track to play, which is insane. Don't know why he wants to play with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey on that defense. They'll make him see stars again. I think Matthew Stafford will have this day with this defense, who just is racking up injury after injury. Over there in New York. This will be a big, big win for the Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay. They will be going to 5-1, and one, whereas the Giants will be the opposite at 1-5. Kansas City and Washington. Oh, my poor Chiefs. They just seem like always having... A losing record at the moment, one and two to two and three. Now they play the football team. You know, I think it's like Sean the Sean Taylor game, uh, and this, you know, gonna be emotional for Washington. It's at home. You know, two teams that are two and three, unexpected. Both teams have bad defense, as I thought Washington was going to have a much better defense, but both defenses are really bad. Bottom of the barrels we're talking about here. I believe Kansas City has the worst scoring defense, but the second worst uh, total yards, I believe Washington is right there at 29 or 30. So really bad. So if you have two bad defenses, which is the case here, you know both defenses aren't going to show up 
you're going to have to trust which offense is going to show up. And to me, it's going to be Kansas City. Uh, Just because both defenses are so bad, I believe Patrick Mahomes will limit his turnovers this week. I'm going to say not one turnover from Patrick Mahomes. I believe he's going to have a big day. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey will have big days. They will score all over this defense. I believe Washington you know, will put up a decent amount of points, but they cannot keep up with Kansas City. Taylor Heineke, not on the Patrick Mahomes level. He's got a good wideout in Terry McLaurin. Got some decent backs as well. But that's the X factor there. Is the quarterback and Patrick Mahomes is greater than Tyler Taylor Heineke. He will have a better game than Taylor. And the Chiefs will get back to 500 at 3-3. Three and three, A very surprising start to this season. Minnesota and Carolina. This is another sort of a toss-up game for me where, you know, the Vikings barely beat the Lions. You know, their offense hasn't been too good this season uh, other than, you know, against the Seahawks. And the Seahawks have the worst defense and in terms of total yards. And they almost had the Cardinals on the ropes and they didn't get that one. And so it's strange. But then you have Carolina, who started 3-0 and and are on a two-game losing streak. Very surprising loss to the Eagles that just happened. So I don't know where to put it if Christian McCaffrey is back. Will they get the win? But which Minnesota offense will show up? Is it the 7-pointer against the Browns? Is it the 30-pointer against the Seahawks? I mean, they struggled against the Lions. I just don't know. With this Vikings team, but with Carolina being on a two-game losing streak, if Christian McCaffrey is back, I believe Carolina will get this win. I believe they'll get back on track after a very surprising loss last week. Los Angeles Chargers and Baltimore. Now this is a game I am very much looking forward to. Two 4-1 teams. Two division leaders, AFC West, Chargers, AFC uh, North, Baltimore. Justin Herbert has been sensational. Lamar Jackson coming off his best game ever in the NFL as a quarterback in this league. This game, I believe, will have it all. I believe this will be a great game down to the wire. I don't know... If it will top the Chargers-Browns in terms of the scoring and the shootout last week, believe it'll be a little closer. Believe Oway and uh, Baltimore Patrick Queen of his defense will be able to handle it more. I believe Joey Bosa um, Melvin Ingram will also be able to handle it more on their side as well. I believe a lower scoring game, but I like the running game for the chargers baltimore you just have to shut down Lamar Jackson, whereas the Chargers have Austin Eckler, who is huge running the ball, but also catching it, making plays out of a backfield at any given time. Justin Herbert's got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I mean, this game, to me, is sort of the AFC game so far that maybe we didn't expect uh, so far in the season. 
you know, out of the three, four and one teams that are in the AFC, I wouldn't have picked the Chargers to be one of them or the Baltimore Ravens either. So that is all interesting, but here we are. It's the NFL full of surprises. I like Justin Herbert. I like this Chargers team. Don't know which team I'm officially picking yet. That's another sort of toss-up. It can go either way. We'll see if the momentum from the Ravens win on Monday night carries over. And if the Chargers as well, because if it does, then I think we can expect one great game. Arizona and Cleveland. I'm calling it. This is it. This is the Heisman House commercials. Uh, Kyler, Baker, two Oklahoma quarterbacks, a back-to-back Heisman winners in the Heisman House, bunking, sharing the room, all that jazz, college teammates, uh, two good friends. I mean, this is it. This is the game, and this is the game that proves that Baker is better than Kyler, at least from a pocket perspective. This is a definitive game for Baker Mayfield. I believe he gets a win. I believe Kevin Stefanski gets his defense in order. I believe Clowney and Miles Garrett have great games. I believe they'll be all over Kyler Murray. This defense will swarm them, shut them down. I believe the Cleveland Browns not only win, but win big. To me, you know, two competitive players. But Baker Mayfield is one of the most competitive players in the NFL. He's way more competitive than uh, Kyler Murray. He's the one running up and down the field, even if it's on a run play from Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb. You know, we saw that even in college, uh, certain plays. You know, he's doing the chokehold to the Georgia Bulldogs, even though that backfires. But he's just an ultra-competitive dude, a trash-talking, you know, his old coach a few years ago. That's just who he is. Love the chip on his shoulder. Believe it'll be in here coming in. All this talk on Kyler Murray. MVP, but I believe Baker Mayfield will show up big in this game. Tape up that non-throwing injured shoulder, whatever it is. He'll do great in his progressive protect your house commercials where he's handing out nachos to the kids. He's going to be handing a little Kyler his own bag of nachos as he personally sees him out of the stadium. That's what I think will happen. Las Vegas and Denver. Both started out 3-0. and both on two-game losing streaks at three and two. Raiders, a turmoil with John Gruden now being gone. How do they rally around there? How will Derek Carr do? I believe this will be a similar-styled offense and team. But will there be that same uh, pizzazz on the sideline and the energy? I don't know. I don't know if after all this, you know, you're just deflated, even though Denver's deflated as well. Are they less deflated than Las Vegas? You know, their defense is better. It's in Denver. Does that pull them off a win? Or, you know, do the Raiders' emotions get in check and they win? Great game I'm expecting there. Cowboys and Patriots. I don't believe the Cowboys have beat 
a Bill Belichick Patriots team. I could be wrong on that, but I do not think they have done it. Uh, and let me see. Let me actually let me look. Nope, they have not. Which tells me something. Bill Belichick's a good coach. Better than the Cowboys have been, you know, the past 20 years. However, New England's offense will not be much of a factor in this game. Really do believe the Dallas Cowboys will get a win here. Seahawks-Steelers. You know, Steelers, who knows with Ben Roethlisberger. He has some great throws and other times, majority of the time, he just doesn't look good. Juju Smith-Schuster. Juju Smith-Schuster's out for the year. Uh, how will that fare? Then on the other side, you got your quarterback, Russell Wilson, uh, who's out for about a month. Uh, both teams are 2-3. and three. Pivotal game. You don't want to go 2-4. and four. To me, more pivotal to Seattle since they're in a loaded, vaunted NFC West division and an NFC overall, to me, that at least looks right now better than the AFC. How will Geno fare? Uh, how much will they throw the ball? Will they rely on Chris Carson? I think we'll learn a lot about the game plan moving forward. You know, Geno Smith has got weapons. You know, more weapons, I believe, on this team than he's had so far playing in his career anywhere else to me. NFL, he's got DK Metcalf. He's got Tyler Lockett. He's going to have to make some plays to win this game. I believe they make just enough plays uh, to win this game. Uh, they get to 3-3 three and three and back to 500. Uh, trying to correct course the ship. That's what I see. That's what I'm looking forward to in the NFL this weekend. Now, some college football picks. The first is UCF and Cincinnati. I'm going back and forth. You know, I was not on the BYU train. Predicted BYU's loss last week to Boise State. You know, I look at Cincinnati... And do I see a team that's deserving to be number three there? I don't. I don't see that. I don't. I do. I think Desmond Ritter is good. They've not liked his competition so far. But if they were to line up Alabama, who's five against Cincinnati, they were to line up Ohio State on Cincinnati, I don't think Cincinnati would win. I don't like Cincinnati. There's a lot of hype right now on them at number three, uh, highest they've ever been. Do I believe Cincinnati can pull off this win? Yeah, I do. But this is a morning game. It's a morning upset. I'm calling another one. UCF will beat Cincinnati. I'm calling it now. Like the chances that UCF will have to pull off the upset. I believe their defense will do good. Cincinnati's defense has done well at all. And... UCF just pulls out this win. Michigan State, Indiana. Kenneth Walker has been amazing so far this year for Michigan State. Almost at 1,000 rushing yards for the season. He's racked up nine touchdowns. Peyton Thorne's been good as well. Whereas Indiana, the team that ascended in this little pandemic terrible season last year, this has proven to be the real Indiana. They are with Michael Penix Jr., uh, I believe Michigan State will get the win. I think it might be a little close. They got their bye, and then they got Michigan ahead at home. 
This is an away game. You know, are they looking ahead? If so, it could get close, but I like Michigan State to still win this game. Oklahoma State and Texas. Texas, after the massive meltdown last week, how will Steve Sarkeesian and this team look? How will Mike Gundy fare, whose defense is pretty good? However, that offense definitely does not match the Texas offense. I think back at home, Texas wins this game. Uh, they don't let Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State team get to 6-0. and After that huge loss last week, they bounce back. Get the win in Austin, which they need sorely. Auburn and Arkansas. I love it. All this hype on Arkansas where they jumped up to number 8. Two losses in a row. Now they're down to 17, back down to earth. I like it. Uh, However, with Auburn, you know, they've just been so inconsistent. Uh, Last week dominated by Georgia. To me, these are two evenly matched teams at 4-2. Uh, even though one's 17 and one's unranked, you know, to me, two similar uh, style quarterbacks and rushing attacks, to me, a lot of similarities. Auburn, you know, scores a little bit more points. Their defense also a little better. However, I think Arkansas will rebound uh, and get another win, uh, get to five wins here on the season. Kentucky and Georgia. This is game day. It's where it's at. Two 6-0 teams. Kentucky at 11. Georgia is the number one team. I would love to see Kentucky win this game. I would love for a Kentucky Wildcat. Mike Stoops upset. However, I just don't believe Kentucky is in the same ballpark as Georgia. Georgia's just been so good, so dominant. You know, they had game day two weeks ago here against Arkansas, and it was a 37-0 blowout. They blew Auburn out. They've blown every team they played out except Clemson in the first week, which is a defensive battle. Georgia will prove to be too much for Kentucky. If this game was at Lexington in Kentucky, I believe it would be a much, much closer game. However, in Athens and Georgia, uh, this crowd has been amazing. Uh, I believe, you know, even with JT Daniels out, Stetson Benedin, who I don't believe is great as a passer, Kirby Smart will have this offense doing just enough, having this defense carry the load, and they will win this game. Purdue and Iowa. I am picking Iowa uh, to win this game. Really, no contest there. Purdue's not as good, you know, as they were when they upset Ohio State a few years ago. Iowa coming off a big win over uh, Penn State. It's back at home as well. I think they'll handle business here against Purdue. BYU and Baylor, uh, two five and one teams. BYU joining the Big Twelve soon. This will be, you know. A future matchup we see. However, I believe BYU will get the win. I predicted their downfall last week. Now that they're back to where I think they belong, no, I think they'll win this game. TCU, Oklahoma. I believe Oklahoma wins uh, this game. They're going to ride Caleb Williams 
of a high-handed quarterback who came back last week. Uh, amazing performance. I believe you keep him in, keep the momentum going, uh, and may get another win. Ole Miss in Tennessee. Tennessee, you know, dominated South Carolina, has dominated the lesser opponents, however, but Florida, they got blown out, uh, and they struggled with Pittsburgh. I believe Ole Miss will win this game. Last game I'm going to pick is Arizona State against Utah. To me, this is a classic Pac-12 after dark upset. You know, the spread is even right now. To me, I definitely... Uh, feel that way. ASU wins this game. This is going to be their division where they can still lose one game and feel comfortable. Utah uh, is undefeated in conference, even though they have two losses out of the conference. It's in Utah. This is primed upset for them. However, I'm picking Arizona State. I've got to pick them. This is a huge game. If they win this game, then, you know, you have to give them favorites to come out of a Pac-12 South uh, to play Oregon on the other side. You know, they just beat Stanford, dominating fashion, and UCLA, if they can do it, to Utah. In Utah, and in this hostile environment, Jaden Dan- Daniels, I think, will be good. Herm Edwards, get his troops in order. This defense, this uh, front seven has been good for the Sun Devils. Great true sophomore captain over there. Uh, I believe he'll do just enough. Cram uh, and rising for Utah quarterback. Hasn't thrown an interception yet. That's key is their ability to not commit any turnovers. I believe that'll change this week. Great game on ESPN, but Arizona State gets a dub. Now moving to baseball in yet more frustrating circumstances. I've had some good NFL picks so far this season. I've been right on quite a few and on some college as well and some upsets. I like it. However, on MLB, my predictions have not been quite on point. I picked the Rays and the Giants. And both teams are out. And both teams lost to the first wild card spot. Rays losing to the Red Sox. Giants losing to the Dodgers. Now, to me, this is terrible. Oh, this is bad. This is getting really, really bad for the Yankees. And I'll get into that in just a second. But first, last night, Dodgers-Giants game five in LDS to get into the NLCS. What will happen? No action yet. Giants, Logan Webb, off to a great, great start. He throws five uh, shutout innings and in a sixth inning. Uh, get a couple of hits, bets, and then Steger hits one off him to score a run, so it's 1-0. You feel the tension. Uh, Bottom of the six, Urias uh, allows a home run off roof right there, so it's tied back up. Then it's to the bullpen after that, back and forth. Uh, Then we're into the ninth inning. It's still 1-1. Camilo Duvall, who's been tremendous. Uh, for the Giants, just tremendous. However, lately I've seen too many uh, contact hits, even though they haven't scored or even got on base. I've just seen too much contact. 
uh, for me to say, you, you know, he's elite or it's been good, I would have put Gosman in, but they didn't. They put Duvall in, allow, you know, a couple of hits and a score as well. Uh, then you're getting nervous. You already used Kenley Jansen. They bring in Max Scherzer to save against the Giants. You know, but he gets the first out. Then Chris Bryant gets on. Then another out, so you're down to one man on base. You know, either the home run can end it. You know, you hit a decent single or double. Uh, Chris Bryant could most likely score. What do you do? Well, Wilmer Flores up to bat. And they get him out on a check swing. And to me, it wasn't even a close check swing. He didn't go. And to me, that is the most anticlimactic way to end a baseball game. To end an NLDS, to call a series on a strike check swing, that's what you do. That's how you give the Dodgers the win, is that? I get it. If you were to fully swing, he strikes, misses. Um, you give him that. But to do that, to call that a strike, if you have not looked at that, I encourage you to look at it, give that verdict yourself to see if he went. Because to me, clearly, did not do a full pass, full swing at all, not even close to a half. It was terrible, terrible call uh, to end this game, uh, to end this series. Uh, not the way that should ever go down. Terrible, terrible call. But we have to move on, sadly. So we have the Red Sox, Astros, and the Braves, Dodgers. Oh my, what a terrible, terrible four teams that are left. Red Sox, Astros, as I said on Wednesday, can't get much worse than that. But Cheaters, Alex Cora, and then the Houston Cheaters over there at Astro. I mean, this is just bad stuff. I'm going to pick the Astros to win just because they're the better team. Watched them more all year. They've been better. Their offense, so good. Scoring so many runs this season. Offensively, they'll be able to make up for their lack of depth pitching. Boston, you know, can't boast too much about their pitchers as well. But the bats of Houston uh, will light up this Boston team. I like Houston to make it to the World Series, sadly. Then in the Dodgers and the Braves... Sucks, again, as a Yankees fan, the Dodgers here yet again. Red Sox are all your Astros, the three teams, you know, dislike the most. And the Red Sox, Astros, Dodgers, and they are still here. Braves are the only hope. They are the Obi-Wan Kenobi of the playoffs. Help me, Atlanta. You are my only hope. I'm picking the Dodgers to win, though. Uh, it only seems fair that I pick the Dodgers to win this game. Why? Uh, because they just beat the Giants. They have a more depth on the team, the rotation, best run differential, best defensive team. I mean, the Dodgers just just been so good all year long. They beat the Giants. I have to give them props, at least for that. I believe they'll handle the Braves. However, this is interesting because with the way the MLB playoffs work, Atlanta, even though they were the worst team to make the playoffs, 88-73, and 73, they have home field advantage uh, because they did not earn a wild card berth. They clinched their division. So that could be something that factors into this series. If they were to pull off an upset, 
that could help them in a seven-game series. However, I'm not buying it. Dodgers, I believe, will advance. Now moving on to some NHL. Last night, you had teams give up, just give up leads. My Pittsburgh Penguins up 4-2 to two, uh, with 10 minutes left in the third period. They allow Ekblad to score two goals and they lose in overtime. Uh, Casey DeSmith, you earn an F grade for that performance. Thank you very much. Red Wings, what a performance by the Red Wings, especially from uh, Tyler, Bert- Tyler Bertuzzi. Scores four goals, you're up 6-3. to three. Again, 10 minutes left in the third period. You let them come back and then win it in overtime. So, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, I'll give you an A-grade. Uh, but goalie, uh, Nijelkovic or whatever you are, you definitely get the F there for allowing that comeback to happen. Coyotes, ooh, they got rid of everybody and it showed last night, losing 8-2 to to the Blue Jackets. Uh, dominating fashion, you know, you're up 7-1, to you lose 8-2. to This team, the Coyotes, are going to be bad all year long. You basically should be getting a free win every time you play them. Then in other news, Landeskog Avalanche again boarded uh, Kirby Doc uh, yesterday as well. Uh, or actually, I believe it, yeah, it was two days ago. Uh, the suspension came in yesterday for two games. Uh, that's the Avalanche. They're a dirty team. You don't like them. That's how they're led by is Landeskog and this team. So that's what I expect. Uh, don't like, you know, that they get away with boarding so much. I think the fines and penalties and suspensions for this should be much higher than, you know, just two games uh, without pay because of how detrimental and big these boarding calls and hits are. I believe they should be more than just the two. And then the Bruins secured their best defenseman, Charlie McAvoy, to an eight-year $76 million extension. Very worth it for that. Congratulations, Charlie, for your extension. That is it, folks. That's all. Hope you all have a great weekend. Talk to you all on Monday after we see what happens in the world of the NFL and college football and see how those first few games of the MLB playoffs, NLCS, and ALCS play out. Bye, everybody.